Okay, hey guys, welcome to Consume, a podcast by me, Burton Olivier, where I talk about all the things I consume, and it's like my public personal journal. And this is it, for now. This is the, the last the last issue, the last episode, because as of right now, I have finished catching up to the Action Boys list of movies. Uh, I just gotta watch this week's one, the new one, uh, the, it, ugh, god, <laughs> Uh, it is uh, having a tough time talking today. It's Monday, and so the uh, episode came out this morning for Supergirl, so I still got to watch Supergirl. And there's one other movie that I want to watch tomorrow that uh, Dexter said was really good, so I want to check that out and review that before we finish, so it's not just all Action Boys stuff. But we got some on Action Boys movies this week, too, actually. Um, already, I mean. And yeah, I don't know. I was kind of, of course, like this whole week... I wanted to do, like, the record every day thing like I used to do, uh, but, I, I, you know, like I said, it's Monday now. Uh, I just wasn't able to get around to it, didn't have the energy for it, and I think I was holding off because I was hoping that I would have some, like, idea of, like, some, like, closing statement or, like, a mission statement for the podcast or something, I don't know, some or a reflection on it, but I, don't, I really don't have much to say. I've mostly just been feeling so uh, <laughs> excited that I'm gonna let myself take a break and this will be one less thing that I feel like I have to do and then I won't have to spend so much time watching movies. Uh, I can try and focus on some other stuff. My main goal after this is I have one shelf that is full of novels. Uh, it's probably like 20 books and I want to work through those uh which I feel like won't take as long as I think it will I just need to actually do it um but yeah we'll see I don't have anything pertinent or uh profound to say tonight I'm still gonna record a little bit I think tomorrow and maybe Wednesday so maybe I'll think of something by then uh but for now let's just jump into the consumption because I don't really have many life updates it's just been working getting into the busy season of uh, all the summer camps are starting, and I'm working full-time, or not full-time, but like full days on the weekends uh, up at the Nature Center, and I'm gonna, since everybody else is working the camps, the day camps, I'm gonna be like the guy doing everything else, and I'm like, I just gotta, I think I just need like the next month to prove that (laughs) I'm better than most of the other people I work with, which won't be hard. I'm already doing it. Um, I don't know. I just actually like my boss and I want, uh, to like do a good job for her, you know, which is weird. It's been a while since I've actually liked a boss. Um, anyways, let's see. What did I read? Read a decent handful of comics. That's one good thing about all the art classes are starting back up. And so now on Mondays, today like my shift is nine to two and it's doing the uh open studio art class for and it's just like mostly old people and i just gotta be there (laughs) to like case they need something and like clean up a little bit so but most of the time i get to just set up a chair under an oak tree at the park and fucking read comics on my tablet which is great but yeah let's see oh last week i finally finished volume one of the x-men by chris claremont and jim lee omnibus and i gotta admit this was a slog to get through it took me a while it's just like the pacing you know older comic books the pacing isn't i'm so i'm so used to modern comic book dialogue and uh storytelling where there's like less words and they trust the reader more to get what's happening without everyone having to say exactly what they're doing you know uh, but there's still a lot of cool stuff in here you know you got a lot of good jim lee art of course it is like a weird 
chunk because it's like there's like three pages of lore at the beginning that you have to read to get like caught up and then all the stuff like in the book isn't its own like contained story either so it's kind of weird and this is like that time when the x-men that i just only recently learned about were like the x-men all seemingly died in a big attack in dallas but they actually got like re some deity like brought them back to life and put them in australia and like so they could decide to keep their identity secret uh i don't know it's weird but i'm glad i read some of it and there's a volume two omnibus that dexter bought that i'm gonna read too uh eventually but i definitely want to go back and read more old x-men stuff because i've been listening to this podcast there's the cerebro podcast hosted by connor goldsmith it's really good and i definitely i recommend it if you like x-men stuff in long podcasts because they're each like every episode's about one character and they're all like two and a half to three hours long like real deep dives into the characters and uh like the host has a very encyclopedic knowledge of the x-men I don't know. It's very cool. I like the podcast a lot. I feel like I'm learning a lot about it. It makes me want to go back and read a lot of the stuff. The main thing I want to go back and read that he talks about a lot is Excalibur and like all the Captain Britain stuff. I need to find that because uh, it sounds very interesting and cool. There's like some Alan Moore stuff in there and like apparently the art is amazing. So, but anyways, just three stars for this X-Men omnibus since it was a rough read. And then I read there was this uh, kind of mini event in DC Comics recently called The War for Earth 3. That's a lot of like Suicide Squad stuff. And Earth 3 is that alternate Earth where all the Justice League are actually villains. You know, like Superman is Ultraman and, you know, whatever. It was just kind of a, it just felt very clunky. And I'm not sure if it was like worth the like weird event thing that they did. But I, I don't know. They like Amanda Waller kind of set up a new fake Justice League at the end. And Rick Flagg kind of has his own team of Suicide Squad now. So it's kind of interesting where they left off. So I'm looking forward to seeing where they go. But the whole event was just very whatever. Uh... And then I started the Shadow War event, but I don't need to talk about that right now. Maybe after I finish it, if I finish it before uh, the end of the podcast. Um, but yeah, all right, let's just get into movies then. Of course, I waited too long on some of these to talk about them, but whatever. Uh, first up, I watched Rollerball from 1975 with James Caan. Uh, this is a fucking, it's a strange and dreary movie, which I was not really expecting. I don't... I can't remember if I watched the remake of Rollerball, the one from like 2002, 2003. I feel like I remember the trailers are like starting to watch it, but it was like way darker than I thought it was going to be. But this is also me when I was like 12 or something. So I don't know. But um, but this movie, you know, it takes place in like, it's from 1975. It takes place in 2018. This like far off future where there's a, everything's run by corporations and like there's no countries anymore and cities are disappearing and Rollerball is this like violent game that uh is like roller derby with motorcycles and they can kill each other and uh a giant pinball that they throw in a hole uh and this is like the main entertainment and james Khan is like the big star who's getting too big so the corporations want him to uh retire or they're like trying to find a way to kill him to prove that 
no one man is bigger than the game or whatever, you know? And it's interesting. There's a lot of cool stuff in here. It's just like the pacing is weird. It's just very slow. Whenever it's not rollerball, everything is very slow and quiet. And James Caan just kind of mumbles through the whole thing. He's good in it. But I don't... And like, I feel like they both put too much and not enough lore in it. Like they didn't, they didn't quite explain some of this stuff. And so you're just not sure exactly what the point they're trying to make with the movie. I mean, I guess you know the point. I don't know. Like, there's cool stuff in here. It just wasn't, I think, what I wanted, especially at the time. It just felt like a drag to watch. It was just, like I said, it was just kind of dreary. And, uh, I don't know. The rollerball stuff is cool. Like, the game looks fun. Uh, I feel like they skim over too much the fact that they're just killing each other in this game and, like, how James Conn and all of them are just totally fine with just murdering dudes for a game. Uh, seems weird, especially juxtaposed to the rest of the society, but again, that's probably the point. But yeah, I'm just gonna give Rollerball three stars. It didn't, it just didn't quite, uh, do it for me, you know? And then next up, I watched Streets of Fire from 1984 by Walter Hill, and I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen anything that's tried so hard to be cool, but fails at it. Like, it's this weird, like, 50s nostalgia. And, like, Walter Hill on the IMDb, there's a quote from him saying, like, he wanted everything that he thought was cool when he was a kid to be in this movie. So, you know, like, action stars, like, smoking cigarettes and explosions and cool bikers and leather jackets and, you know, musicians and stuff. And it's just, it just doesn't work. The only, there's only two actually cool people and it's like diane lane when she's doing her performances i actually liked the music in this and then willem dafoe as the bad guy is pretty cool but they like don't really give him enough to do but he's still he's still very cool and then they put him up against our hero michael perry as uh or perry however you pronounce it as tom cody and he's doing this like real like flat it's supposed to just come off as like cool and detached but it just feels flat and like he's like pilled out and like can't focus on anything and it just doesn't it just doesn't work and like i don't know and the story is like whatever like willem dafoe kidnaps diane lane um and then like the rick moranis is diane lane's manager and he hires uh michael perry to like go and save uh diane lane and she's like but she's also his ex or something, and I don't know. It just, it both feels like too big and too small, and it just doesn't work. I don't know. It just, it's fine. Some of them, like I said, I like some of the music. There's a, this one Sorcerer song that is good, but I don't know. Two and a half stars for Streets of Fire from me, which, and this was like a flop when it came out, and I kind of wish it wasn't because this was supposed to be the first of a trilogy of <laughs> Michael Perry as Tom Cody, and like, well, I think it's probably good that we don't have two, uh, wait, did I say Michael Cody? Tom Cody? It's probably good that we don't have three Tom Cody movies, because the next ones would have been awful, but I really wish we could have seen what they were gonna do with it. Um, but anyways, yeah, next movie. <laughs> I watched, uh, uh, Deep Star 6 from 1989, and this movie is, like, the definition of almost... Does that make sense? It doesn't make sense, but whatever. It's like, it's almost interesting. The characters are almost good. The monster is almost cool and scary, and like, the effects are like almost good, and it just doesn't, just nothing like quite gets there. It's just kind of, 
they lean too hard on the jargon because we're in this like underwater navy base where they're setting up missiles and so there's a lot of like jargon and shit and they try to make it like aliens where they're doing these like weird blue collar jobs and then they blow a cavern and inside the cavern happens to be this like monster that uh is very fast and strong and starts killing them and like when you finally see the monster it's just like big weird crab looking like lobster crab fish thing that doesn't look like it should be as fast as they make it and the size doesn't make sense like sometimes it's huge sometimes it's small enough to like swim around in like waist deep water and like if it was like a weird fish thing it would make sense they gave it like a crab like heart shell so it makes even less sense and then you have miguel ferrer's character and this and like they try to make a whole point of like human error is what like actually caused the problem you know and like human hubris or something i guess but they give all of the human error mistakes to miguel ferrer's character and it just makes you very annoyed with him and i don't know if he's supposed to be sympathetic at all in the action boys podcast like in their review of this they kept saying like miguel ferrer is so good that you still are like on his side even after this, and I completely disagree with them on that. I was not on his side at all. He's like a whiny bitch from the start, and he's just insufferable. <laughs> he just keeps making mistakes and dealing with them in the worst possible way, and it's just annoying to watch. And then there's like finally, like after five other mistakes, he like accidentally kills the captain. And then, like, I was so, or not the captain, but like the lead of their expedition or whatever. And I, it almost made me want to turn the movie off. I was just like, fuck this guy. Like, fuck. <laughs> I just just stopped caring. Um, But I don't know. It's like, it's fine. It's a fine movie. Like, this would be fine if you stumbled across it on TV or some shit. But I'm also, I'm going to give Deep Star 6 two and a half stars. And then next up, uh, I watched the uh, Paddington movies. Paddington 1 and Paddington 2. Uh, Dexter watched Paddington 1 last week and he told me he did. And then he still needs to watch 2. And I, I've only seen people on the internet talk about how Paddington 2 is one of the best movies <laughs> ever made. I feel like I've seen a lot of people say that. So I was like, alright, so I'm going to watch Paddington 1 and then me and Dexter watch Paddington 2 uh, together. So I did that. Uh, and it's so good. <laughs> I fucking, I loved uh, both of these movies a lot honestly the world would probably be a better place if like all media had the same tone as paddington uh it's just such a like it's just delightful it's very nice and like heartwarming it's funny like the jokes are pretty good uh i don't know i feel like they like have good messages to them about like taking people in and helping each other the second movie has a really good like um message about prisons and how we're like probably doing prisons wrong which is surprising about how we need to actually help people in the prisons um yeah i don't know and everyone is great in them the voice for paddington is like perfect uh the family that he's with he ends up with they're all very good uh sally hawkins especially I like her a lot hugh bonneville as uh mr brown he's very good yeah peter capaldi in there is the cantankerous neighbor love that love seeing uh, one of the doctors in there. Hugh Grant. In the second movie, you got Hugh Grant um, as, like, the bad guy. And he's really fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't I can't think of anything else, like, specific to say besides that I love them. 
and I'm very excited for Paddington 3. Uh, so yeah, Paddington 1, I'll give four stars, and then Paddington 2 will give four and a half. Though really, really, I don't know. I could switch that. I could make them both five stars. I'm not sure exactly what I would change. But yeah, I don't know. They're good movies. I definitely, <laughs> definitely recommend uh, watching them. I'll probably end up re-watching them uh, at some point sooner than later. Uh, and then next up, our last... Uh, two movies from the horror boy horror boys fucking spoiled it already the last two movies from the action boys backlog uh were from last october so they're part of their horror boys uh segment for uh for octuki and the first one i guess deep star six was also technically part of octuki but this is where we really get into the horror stuff uh the first one was the fun house from 1981 by toby hooper uh who's the guy who did texas chainsaw massacre which i have never seen so i think this is the first of uh his movies that i've ever seen um and this is good it's pretty fun you know this isn't my favorite genre i think i've been pretty clear about how i feel about uh horror and all that but um i don't know it's just about four teens uh who go to the carnival with our main girl that we're following uh elizabeth barrage playing amy harper um and like it's it's pretty cool how he's really good at just like setting the vibe like of the carnival and like showing them around because like most of the movie like the whole it's like 50 minutes really before anything actually creepy or scary happens uh and before we get to like the monster you know, but it didn't even feel that long because I really didn't like the whole time throughout the carnival. It was just very enjoyable and like well paced and it looks great. You know, this like shitty carnival that I think they filmed in Florida. Um, and then you get into the whole thing where it's about like the carnival barker uh, has like a weird mutant son <laughs> that uh, the kids witness him. They decide to like stay the night in the fun house as like a dare. And the kids, like, end up witnessing um, the Carnival Barker's freak son, like, kill the fortune teller after he pays her to, like, jerk him off. Uh, very upsetting scene. Uh, and I feel like it would have been better because, like, they show the guy, like, the son, and he's wearing, like, a Frankenstein mask to cover his face. And then he takes off the mask and it's, like, this even more grotesque, like, mutant face under it. And I feel like it would have been better if, like, the face wasn't so ridiculous because it just looked like it was, like, this weird, like, cleft head thing and he has like fangs and it just doesn't look like something that would possibly live and i feel like if it was a little more realistic this movie would have hit harder because it would have uh wouldn't have felt so outrageous would have felt like more real and more scary and then like we get a few kills after this and they're not like particularly interesting or uh cool looking it's just fine a lot of cool stuff in the fun house they got again i think they like found some woman who made a bunch of like animatronics and like little toys that like laugh and stuff and they're they're pretty fun and cool but uh but yeah uh i don't know i think i'm gonna give the fun house uh just three stars like it's not bad but again you know this is isn't my favorite um kind of movie and then next up the last movie the Action Boys backlog and last movie for for now for this segment. Uh, I watched Innocent Blood from 1992 by John Landis. This movie's pretty fun. It's like a a bad mob movie and a bad vampire movie uh, mashed together, and you get this like pretty fun and silly, uh, uh, not quite horror movie. I don't know. So you got like this woman, uh, Marie, played by Anne. Par- Pariard? Pariard? 
I don't know how to say fucking French last names, but she's a vampire and she lives in Pittsburgh <laughs> and she decides to, uh, she apparently like only feeds off of like bad people. And so she sees stuff in the news about this mobster Sal the Shark played by Robert Loja and decides to target him. Uh, and then so she goes after him and then there's this whole other thing where like Anthony LaPaglia is a undercover agent and them and then I don't know because usually Marie she'll like attack the uh when she kills people she like drains their blood and then she like shoots them to like actually kill them but she doesn't get a chance to do that after she attacks Robert Loja and so he turns into a vampire and then the whole rest of the movie is just about like uh Marie our vampire and the undercover cop chasing down vampire Robert Loja who is uh, really loving his newfound powers and uh, him going around trying to turn his own mob into like a vampire mob. Uh, and it's fun. The best part about this whole movie, I think, is Robert Loja's performance. He's just very over the top. Uh, looks like he's having a great time just like gnawing on me and then laughing about uh, all of his new powers. Him like going into a meat locker and like laying down to rest and like lovingly like <laughs> nestling his head into a big chunk of meat. It's pretty funny. Uh, a lot of bad effects. Some of the practical effects in this are good. Like when she's biting the neck. It's pretty cool. Um, but then there's a lot of like weird eye color changes like i don't know where that comes from in vampire lore and like this like really badly done distorted voice effect when she gets angry there was a really funny when she first goes to attack robert loja she like pretends to be a girl and do him and she brings her to like this hotel and he pulls out his like the dinner for them like the takeout and it's like italian food and it's like mussels like smothered in like garlic sauce <laughs> or whatever and she like gets uh very like upset about it and like wants to get away from all the garlic and of course like he doesn't get it why she doesn't like want to eat the garlic and it's just pretty funny i feel like an italian mobster uh is probably not the best target if you are a vampire who can't have garlic um but yeah that was a good bit i like that um yeah so three and a half stars for innocent blood it was definitely better than i was expecting it to be um and yeah, so that's it for now. Uh, I got the next two days off, so hopefully I'll be able to get a good amount of reading in and a couple more movies. Uh, so yeah, I'll be back in a bit. Okay, hey guys, back for part two. It's uh, Tuesday night. I keep wanting to say Wednesday. I feel like this whole day I thought today was Wednesday. But no, tomorrow's Wednesday. I get two full days off, which I don't know why that feels special, but it does. First then, I think because I thought this week I was going to end up working overtime and like uh working a lot this week but it turns out they didn't need me for the to help with the summer camps which is nice i'm very glad <laughs> i didn't have to do that today um yeah today was all right i just kind of hung around and did some reading i went to the comic book shop only got three books uh today which is good uh got some exercise and some cardio i got that pad uh, for my exercise bike. It's like a big square pad. It's not really made for my seat, but it still fits on there pretty good. And it does feel like it's helping though. I still feel like it's, uh, my tailbone is still getting aggravated from uh, sitting on this. It's just so frustrating. Cause like that's still hurting. I probably should just like not do it for a week or two weeks even so it can heal, but I want to like get some cardio in. And then like, even if I go for walks, my feet have been hurting so bad lately. Like, I don't know if it's, I got some like new Nike running shoes that I got like a pretty good deal on and I like them a lot. They feel good when I'm wearing them, but whenever I like take off my shoes and I walk around the house, uh, my feet feel so bruised and I don't get it. 
<laughs> no, I, I feel like I need to, like, I probably need to go to a doctor and get them to, like, get, like, actual custom shoes or orthotics or whatever the fuck. Uh, it's just very annoying that, you know, no matter what I do to either better myself or not better myself, uh, something hurts. Uh, it's frustrating. Anyways, we get into what I read today. I read the three comics that I picked up today. Um, what was it? Jurassic League number two by Daniel Warren Johnson and Juan Gadan. Uh, this is fun. This is, you know, it's, uh, what if the Justice League were dinosaurs? Uh, it's a good time. We finally got, uh, Super Sore and Bat Sore and Wonder Dawn, uh, all working together, which is nice. And then Superman Son of Kal-El number... 12 which is fine uh i don't know there's a larger story that i don't quite care about that's happening the superman story uh right now about this like nation that tom taylor made up for this series that's like doing genetic experiments or something i don't know it's a fine it's still a good comic it's a fun read and crypto is in it so it's always nice to see crypto and then i got the first issue of daniel warren johnson's uh indie comic that started this week called Do a Power Bomb. Uh, and it's really fun. As you can tell from the title, it's a pro wrestling comic. Uh, and uh, Johnson's art is perfect for pro wrestling. But he also and but also in this story, like there's like a mythical thing and like ends so it's about like this girl whose mom uh, was a championship wrestler and she dies from a very brutal uh, botch going like a top rope power bomb or something the guy slips off the rope and she lands on her neck and dies and then we jump 10 years later and the daughter wants to be a wrestler now and i can't quite tell if wrestling is fake or not in this universe i think it is from like kind of the way that the mom's opponent reacted but also who knows and then at the end of the issue the daughter a guy like grabs her and like drags her into this underworld and it's uh, apparently he heads a pro wrestling supernatural pro wrestling tournament and if she wins she can bring her mom back to life uh and so that's our story it's uh it's gonna be fun i'm excited for it and then i read a uh, batman trade that i got from the library batman gates of gotham by scott snyder and kyle higgins and uh trevor mccarthy i think it's the artist and graham nolan um this is fine this takes place when uh dick grayson is batman but there's not enough like personality to dick in this to like make him that different from bruce i had to wait until they like explicitly said it for me to figure out that it wasn't supposed to be bruce and then it's just about like this old gotham lore that i think scott snyder liked to do a lot of but i don't know it just gets kind of old after a while like all the different families that built gotham and all this like intricate bullshit and then we got this like steampunky uh villain new villain for this that uh i don't know i just don't like the way his costume looks yeah so that old gotham lore gets old and all the characterizations in this feel kind of bland uh and not like themselves but you know it's a fine pretty quick batman read so three stars for that and then the movie i watched today uh i watched this because dexter really pushed for me to watch it and said it was amazing and i'm glad i listened i watched RRR, uh, which stands for the English translation is Rise, Roar, Revolt. And this is an Indian movie that's on Netflix, and I fucking highly recommend you going to watch it. Yes, it is over three hours long, or about three hours long if you don't count the credits. 
but it's worth it. It's better than fucking the Batman, the other three hour movie that I've watched this year and that probably most of you have watched this year. Um, it's just so fucking, so it's like a story about, I don't know enough about Indian history and a lot of this movie seems like it is Indian propaganda, but you know, when the bad guys are the British, I think I'm fine with it. Uh, so it's about these two um, Indian freedom fighters, Koramam, Komaram Beam, and uh, Raju Ram. And they're like two, they were real people, but they never actually met. And so this is like a fictional movie. Fictional. Fiction. Fictional? That's the right word, right? I don't know why that sounds weird. This is a f- fictitious uh, story about what if they met and become like the best bros in the world and I don't know, it just fucking rules. And I really like this, this, uh, energy that Indian movie, like Indian culture seems to bring to movies where they're just like, fuck it. If we can do it, throw it in there. So like, there's these, all these absolutely wild action scenes, uh, that like, they're all doing like superhuman stuff, but like, they never say they're superhuman. Like there's a part where the guy just swings around a motorcycle, uh, like a bat and like, they don't really make much of it. They just like, yeah, of course he can do it. He's the fucking, the lion. Um, and I don't know, but like all the fights just look great. Uh, and there's a lot of good like practical effects and a lot of good wire stuff, a lot of good uh, explosions and shit. And then of course, since it's a, I guess a Bollywood movie, they throw in um, some dance scenes and there and the dance scenes are fantastic. And the, mov- the music is great. All the songs uh, fucking rule. Like, I, I think I want to find, like, the soundtrack and add some of that to my music library. It was great. But, yeah, but even though, like, you know, all this, like, wild action and, like, fun music and dance and stuff, like, the best part of the movie for me is just watching these two dudes become friends. That both of the actors are, the main actors are very charming. Uh... <laughs> not like nice guys and it's just nice to see them be friends and see them like help each other and again uh beat the shit out of a bunch of british people um the head british guy is played by ray stevenson and he's fantastic in this you like really love to hate him and this and also i'm like i like that i watched this and then i'm watching this for the last uh episode of the first season of the podcast or whatever this becomes because the very first movie uh that I watched for my movie a day thing started that I from last year January 1st 2021 I watched Punisher Warzone starring Ray Stevenson so I like that he was there at the beginning and now he's here at the end uh really like when things come around full circle uh so yeah for for RRR which is hard to say um five stars I was gonna give it like four and a half like because there is like there's a couple effects that like wonky and my my main thing that like kept taking me out of the movie is that everything seemed dubbed like they're like when you watch it on netflix like they speak in hindi or i think it says hindi and they have like subtitles but like even whenever the british people are speaking english like everything feels slightly off like something with a sound production where all the voices seemed dubbed and not exactly synced up which maybe that's also like a bollywood uh filming technique you know kind of like spaghetti westerns how they filmed them all silent and everyone dubbed at the end maybe that's what they did here um so like i was gonna give 4.5 because that stuck with me but then i was thinking i was like you know what fuck it this was a fantastic experience so why not give it five stars um so yeah i almost feel like this should be the movie that i go out on and just end the all the podcast right here but i still need to watch uh supergirl so that i can actually round out uh 
the Action Boys list, watch this week's movie, and I do still want to watch Supergirl. So I'll come back tomorrow, talk about Supergirl, and maybe some other stuff if I read anything. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I'll be back tomorrow, or in a minute. Okay, hey guys, we're back. It is Wednesday night, and this is potentially the last recording session for the podcast. Feels weird. Like, I feel like I should have uh, something to say. I don't know. Like I said before, I think I mostly just feel kind of excited. <laughs> like, I almost want to say I feel anxious right now, but I don't really feel anxious. But I do feel like this weird energy building. Um, I don't know. I guess I'll wait till after I talk about what I consumed today before I uh, try to make any closing statement. Let's see. Had today off. Woke up. Got a workout in. Need some food. They finally, I found at the grocery store, they have um, this fake steak that I really like. That. They have it at Waba Grill, and that's where I usually get it. It's like the fake, like, Japanese-style, like, plate lunch uh, steak. And it's called, like, plant-spired <laughs> or something. And they have it at, they had it at Vaughn, so I got it and I put it into a stir-fry for lunch today. Though, I think I needed, I need to, like, because I just kind of threw it in there with the stir-fry. I think I need to, like, separately fry it or something so I can get a little bit of char on it. Because otherwise, it's just kind of, like, soft uh, little protein slabs you know still tastes pretty good but it's just not the same so next time i think i need to try and really like char it up and then also for my like weekend day off treat for myself i decided to go to dunkin donuts because i i was listening to podcast the ride and they were talking about like deals you can get on apps and on wednesdays maybe today was i think today might have been the last wednesday actually you can get free coffee at dunkin if you like buy anything else and i also heard that they have cornbread donuts and so i needed to try that and so i downloaded the app like placed my order and like went and it's like when you had to walk in and it was such a fucking annoying set up because I like place the order maybe five minutes before I get there I go in they're kind of busy there's like kind of a lot of people there's like a bunch of drinks and this like kind of like harried girl um asked me like my I like show her my name for pickup and that thing and I was like gee get the one coffee and I was like yeah I got the coffee and so I got my coffee and I was, she handed it to me and I was just kind of standing there and like waiting for my donuts and then finally some guy just like behind the counter was like so what do you what do you what do you, do you need help with something and so like i showed him my thing and the donuts oh, like, oh yeah you need to talk to her and so i was waiting for her to come back and like maybe look at me but he she didn't and so i stood there for a couple more minutes he's like no you need to walk up to the register and like tell her you need donuts which i was like what this is not not how like a to-go order should work like you should see the thing and you guys should like put it in a bag and have it ready you know right and because i was like <laughs> flustered and anxious i like went up and like told her and like she didn't she was like what did you she just asked me what i had and like told her the two donuts the, and like i wanted like the cornbread munchkins also but she's like oh we don't have those i was like okay whatever i mean just give me regular munchkins then but then she didn't hear that so she just gave me donuts and i ordered two of the cornbread donuts because i wanted to bring one home for dexter uh but she just gave me one of each and i didn't realize that i only got one of what i asked for until i was like driving away and so i was like oh, fuck it whatever so it's very uh frustrating experience and so i think from now on like i like apparently the duncan app seems to have a lot of good perks uh so i think i'm gonna keep using it but i think i'm only gonna go to the fucking <laughs> the duncan uh in glendale where there's a drive-thru so that i don't have to deal with any of this walk-in weird bullshit uh so yeah i'm glad we got one more uh me feeling awkward and weird in public uh story in under the wire here oh and the cornbread donut uh it was pretty good i liked it it was like a cake donut like a regular like cake donut but 
you have like a cornbread texture, uh, which really puts like a notch above a regular cake donut for me. So probably going to be getting those regularly. Um, yeah, that's it for fun food consumption. I did read two comics today, two trades. First, I read Savage Sword of Conan, Volume 1, The Cult of Kogathun by Jerry Duggan and uh, Ron Garney. And this was fun. It was just like a nice, simple Conan story. Real quick read. You know, Conan uh, had a major battle in the ocean. He gets picked up by pirates and brought to this town. Of course, the town's being run by a wizard who turns people into snake people. You know, typical Conan stuff. And yeah, it was just like a nice, easy read. The had some was was good at the action. So pretty much, you know what you want from a Conan comic, and it's nice that this because this was from 2019, uh, so it wasn't like overloaded with flowery prose. So you could kind of breeze through it, you know? And then I read The All-Nighter by Chip Zdarsky and Jason Liu. And I've been kind of... I love everything Chip Zdarsky does, but I've, for some reason I've been avoiding this. Like, I've had many opportunities to, like, download it for free and read it online, but, like, something about it just didn't grab me. And then I finally just got it from the library. Uh, and I'm glad I did. This is a fun read. Like, the whole concept is, like, vampires and monsters are real. And so there's this group of vampires that run a diner that is only open at night. And one of them is obsessed with superheroes. And he ends up, like, stopping a mugging. So he decides to start going out as a superhero. And so this, like, superhero starts getting news. But then, like, all the other, like, monsters and, like, stuff, like, start to like realize what's going on and so they realize that they can come out into public as like a super like and under the guise of superheroes or super villains and not give away that they're actually like trolls or boogeymen or whatever uh so it's a fun it's a fun concept and again this is a nice like quick easy read and i think they're doing at least two more volumes of this which i'm looking forward to because it's a it's a fun book definitely definitely recommend the all-nighter um so yeah, four stars for that. And then for our last movie, uh, I watched Supergirl from 1984. And you know, I went into this wanting to like it, and I really did. I had a good time <laughs> with Supergirl. Uh, it's such a shame. I feel like, I get. I think I get why it flopped. I can understand, but I still think it's a shame. Because like, I thought I really liked Helen Slater as Supergirl. I feel like she was, like, really charming and, like, played it off well. Like, the whole Supergirl coming to Earth and, like, being a little naive of our ways. But she's not, like, dumb and she's not really ever taken advantage of, which is nice. Uh, which is what you would usually do in these situations. She's never, like, tricked or fooled into anything. Uh, I don't know. It's just fun. She does a great job. She's really charming as the character. And she looked great. Like, the suit was looked very good. I liked, uh the costume in this and uh and i liked like the story is like a little wonky but i do like that they chose to go with magic for the villain for selena the character that they made up and she gets like this weird power source from argo city and like uses it to like enhance her magic uh thing and i think that's cool though they sometimes spend a little too much time with her doing like weird magic things that we don't really need um even the like stuff with uh the the like love interest guy what's his name ethan played by hart bachner who is the guy from die hard who uh the like sleazy guy who works with uh john mcclain's uh ex-wife who ends up getting killed uh he like has a love spell put on him because selena wants for some reason wants this gardener to fall in love with her but uh of course like shenanigans happens and he ends up seeing uh supergirl 
first instead. And even then, like, I don't know, one of the reviews says that they end up making this movie about a fight over a man. But I don't feel like, like, Supergirl does end up liking the guy and caring about him. But I don't know if it completely overtakes her motivation in this the way that the other reviewers seem to think it did. But, you know, fucking who knows. The action probably also, it could have been tightened up wasn't like exciting like the part where supergirl like saves them from like the rampaging tractor uh went a little too long and not enough of that time where it went long was with supergirl actually doing stuff uh but the stuff like in the phantom zone was cool i liked her escaping from the phantom zone uh it was kind of stupid that at the end whenever selena like makes the floor rock and like turn hot uh, Supergirl doesn't just float over it. <laughs> she instead like acts like she's all thrown off balance by the floor being all wobbly and shit. But yeah, I don't know. I just, I thought it was fun. There's a, apparently there's like a Blu-ray extended version, which I'm definitely going to track down and get uh, so I can watch those. Oh, I just remembered I never watched those two alternate versions of The Crow and like compared those. Man, maybe that'll have to be a special episode that'll come out later after i take a break for a bit don't let me fuck oh well i'll do that one day <laughs> but supergirl uh like I, I just thought it was fun i could have watched more of just like uh helen slater as Kara, like learning how the world works you know and like just flying around it was fun you know so i'm gonna, I'm gonna give supergirl four stars it is nice that Helen Slater, they did use her in the Supergirl show as, like, Supergirl's mom, so she got more, some more shine. This movie also just reinforced uh, my wanting to get a Supergirl tattoo. I need to find the right art for that. I also still need to get my Mr. Majestic tattoo that I kept talking about getting. Though, the further out from that, I still really like that idea, but I don't know if that's necessarily the one that I want to get to, like, commemorate this podcast. I feel like I should probably get that a tattoo of that drawing of me with the They Live face and, like, the gun, like, the uh, the Dirty Harry uh, homage. I feel like that'd be a better bit to have a tattoo of myself as an alien Dirty Harry. Um, but anyways, that's, that's it. I think we're done. I think I'm done, for now, at least. This was a... This was a fun project. I'm glad I did this <laughs> for the past year and a half. Uh, man, it's been a long time. I did enjoy like all the editing, like learning how to edit and like getting better at it. Uh, I liked watching all these movies, and it was nice to have uh, someone to talk to, some uh, all of you guys to talk to uh, during this past uh, year or more of the pandemic, and you know, still being pretty isolated from a uh, from the world it was nice to have some form of release in this so yeah i don't know that's it i'm gonna take a break for a while uh recalibrate figure out what i want to do i still want to do some type of reviews or content creation but we'll see what form it takes it might be a continuation of the podcast it might be i keep thinking about doing like a newsletter thing on patreon that would be free of course like I just like Patreons. Uh, I enjoy reading newsletters on Patreon, so I feel like it's a good um, service for that medium for that. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys again uh, for sticking with me and for listening to all of this. I really do appreciate it. Again, I've been Bert and Olivier at Birds Are on Everything. You know, you can still send me some questions, comments, or recommendations. If you want, I'm sure I'll be back in some form or another. But for now, it's time I disappear.